0: Tonight at the Chokeslam Wrestling Report, we're going to go through the AEW Dynamite that went on last night at the Daily Place. A decent, a very decent um, show, with the exception of the last um, part of the show that kind of brought me, started making me think of stuff that reminds me of 1998 in WWE. Uh, That and much more on the Chokeslam Wrestling Report. Welcome back guys, this is the ultimate welcome to you live from New York City and welcome to another episode of the Chokeslam Wrestling Report. Of course tonight, we go this Thursday, and we're going to be talking about the AEW Dynamite show from last night. Uh, before I do that, I want to thank all of the subscribers to my uh, podcast that you can hear through Apple, Spotify, Google Podcast, Google Play, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and any, any um podcast that you guys like to listen to your shows, uh, you can find me everywhere, and that includes even in YouTube, the YouTube channel of the Chokeslam Wrestling Report, where I have videos there of all type of topics that you guys are interested in the wrestling business. So we're going to start off tonight with the AEW Dynamite Review Court, and it started off from Daily Place, and I believe, I believe it was um, if I'm not If I'm not uh, wrong, I think it was live live uh, feed, or it could have been, I don't know, recorded. But the show started off with a promo with the Inner Circle. Um, Talking about they're going to have their pep rally and all that. And um, so that, you know, they they were looking forward to that. And you could see that Santana Ortiz had a truck full of shirts from the uh, stadium stampede that happened Saturday. And this was is uh, a show that it was ready to start off. I'm it's gonna come in with a bang. So, the show started off with a, a six man tag between Matt Hardy, Broken Matt Hardy, uh, depending which Hardy Matt Hardy was gonna come out, and the Young Bucks versus Joy Janela and Private Party. This match was pretty good, uh, and uh, it was a you know, like good match, like these guys do all these high flying stuff, whatever you could tell. It looked like they were working on Nick Jackson in this match as a guy who's been out of wrestling for a while. He was, like, over 90 days, as the announcers kept talking about. But um, Joey Janela looked good there. Um, The um, private party looked a little better compared to what happened last Saturday. They were all over the place. Uh, They were, like, 100 miles per hour. looks like they slowed it down a little bit. So, But even though they slowed it down, uh, uh, I don't know if it it was – a shoot or part of the storyline, but look like Mark Quinn hurt his knee when he did, did the, um, the the moonsaw over the top rope or whatever you want to call it. The, the and he landed kind of wrong in in some ways, but uh, I, that set off a beautiful situation because earlier in the match, a bunny, um, not bunny, but Blade and Butcher were, one of the wrestlers in the area where, they, uh, where everybody stands at in the railing area. And I believe one of the uh, young bucks, I think it was uh, Nick, they fell in that area where the and Butcher were, and they attacked Nick. So Matt came in there and attacked them both. Uh, so that started off uh, something that you, you knew somebody was going to get in and whatever, sooner or later. But the match ended with Matt Hardy, I believe, pinning uh, – uh Cassidy um was finishing move um so they won that match, but as soon as that match was over, you saw then Butch and Blade attacked Young Bucks, then out of nowhere, there was a car or like a pickup truck in the back of the stately place, and I don't know where it came out, FTR, also known as the Revival. They showed up, they looked like they were going to attack the Young Bucks, but eventually they went end up attacking Butch and Blade, and it They got rid of Butch and Blade from the ring and that um, there was a little confrontation. And I don't know if people were saying that Matt and Nick extended like for a handshake. I didn't see that. So but that's good. Now you have the guys who was to know as the Revival now and they know as the FTR. So this this. Right now, it looks like something to look forward to for All Out. I don't see them wrestle them in Fighter Fest. They going to probably end up wrestling each other at All Out, the biggest, a uh, biggest event that they have of the summer. And this sets off what everybody's been waiting for, and that's a, a confrontation between two tag that've been going at it through Twitter for months. So for months, and probably years, because that's one of the reasons I think the revival decided to ask for their release back uh, January of 19, uh, 2019, and they wanted it because they saw what was going to happen. They knew that a new federation was going to come. They had to do with tag teams, and that was, you know, there's going to be something, as you can see, that what we're going to do in the WWE because WWE don't care about the tag teams. As you see, guys, had watched Monday Night Raw. We'll be right back after this. And right back, we're right back, and after that, The whole situation with the Revival and the Young Bucks, we saw AEW champion John Moxley. He went to the announcing team, and you saw him being part of the announcing team, talking about he's ready for anybody. Uh, He had just defended his title against Brody Lee on Saturday. But he was there to watch Brian Cage. As you guys know, Brian Cage won the casino ladder match on Saturday, and they put him in in the ring with a guy named Lee Johnson. And Brian Cage pretty much dominated that match. It was like a squash match. Uh, he showed his athleticism, his um um you know his his style, how huh? he is a power guy, and, you know, he does all the power bombs and all that stuff. And he looked good, he looked awesome, and it looks like that pretty much a confrontation between him and John Mosley is on for fighter feds, as as put it this way. I love Taz promo, Taz pretty much said that, you know, he, he's ready, uh, his boy is ready, and Moxley is going to have a hard time meeting Brian Case because he never met nobody like him. And he pretty much used his old um, his old uh, motto, beat him if you can, survive if he lets you. So, pretty much remember Taz used back in that ECW. He used to say, beat me if you can't survive if I let you. So, now it looks like Brian Cage is using that model. And it looks like Taz is the uh, the vocal or the uh, the advocate, if we should use that, or the coach who will speak up for him as far as promos. So, uh, Brian Cage looks good. Let me tell you something. Right now, you think about it, AEW now has the... Guys who well known as The Revival, not known as FTR. They got Brian Cage. They got Matt Hardy. That 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 roster is stacked. Brody Lee is – somebody said it a couple uh, in a podcast. After October of this year, that whole roster is going to look way different than it looked when it first started back of October of 2019. So, then they had a Britt Baker interview. Again, uh, Baker was – Using um, that uh, interview with Tony Schiavone and a young lady who was pushing her to pretty much say that there's a conspiracy against her by Nyla Rose, by Chris Danlander, by Hiroki Shida. Because remember uh, last week, they powerbombed Nyla Rose on top of uh, Britt Baker while she was in the corner, but her leg was not stressed out enough. So, Britt Baker, uh, not Britt Baker, Nyla Rose weight. Landed all on Britt Baker's knee, and now she's out to September. So she says she'll be back in September. She has a ACL tear, uh, a crack, and one other thing in her knee. So uh, it's bad. It was real bad because now that all that momentum that she had with her new gimmick as the role model, I love the wheelchair. If you see the wheelchair on uh, the back says "role model." It's better spell R O L E model it's spelled r-o-l-l and model so a role model in the future that's just hilarious i found it she did it she showed a uh, pretty much a, a graph her injury is um she has a broken tibia supposedly and i know about that i had a broken tibia years ago almost 10 years ago and i know that's gonna take at least six to eight weeks to heal and that's gonna take she even blamed audrey edwards um, as part of a conspiracy against her. So that's going to be interesting when she comes back in All Out. She's, she mentioned she'll be back in All Out. They had a, another Inner Circle interview, uh, and, but this was during the Inner Circle interview. Orange Cassidy pops in right in the middle of the interview and walks around like he's lost. Uh, I found that hilarious. Um, it's good It's to see him. Then we had Christy James versus Hikaru Shida, the AEW, AEW Women's Champion. Um, so that match... It was pretty much, I guess, to expose Christy Jane. She looked good. I think she was uh, she was playing too much to the crowd um, with the dancing, with the talking. But uh, Roki Shida, you know, looked good. She she ended up beating Christy Jane at a couple of knee strikes in the back of the head of Christy Jane. So that match was pretty much uh, it was alright. I mean, then they had TNT champion um, Cody talking about how he's going to defend the belt every week. Um, but meanwhile, this is all happening. He's talking to Ring QT Marshall was not paying attention to anything that uh, Cody was saying up there because he was being distracted by Bunny. And meanwhile, he's been distracted by Bunny. Randy Rose uh, is in the area where Dustin Rose and sending QT Marshall to pay attention again. Why is Brandy Rose on TV? And I'm gonna keep saying that. I mean, don't get me wrong, she and I understand she is part of the higher ups or whatever, but you don't need to be on TV unless you're not. You're not doing anything right now, so I don't know. And and you know it's gonna come to a point where people are just not gonna it's gonna give a go away heat, and that's what's mm-hmm. gonna happen. So we'll be right back after this. And we're back. So the next match that it was set for for this um, show was SCU versus Havoc and Sabium. This match pretty good. As Scorpius guy looks great. Uh, and, I, and I'm not gonna be surprised if Scorpius Guy will be soon be put in a singles run because last night Havoc and Savian gave, gave uh, SCU a run for the money. SCU still looks good, they're the former AEW world champion, they're the first AEW world tag team champions. But to my surprise, um, Havoc and Savion beat SCU and now they get a title shot at um. Paige and Omega. Um, so that's um, that was very surprising. It shocked me like crazy because I did not expect them to win that match. But that goes to show you they're pushing Havoc and Sabian, which is a good thing because Sabian and Havoc, they've been there for a while, for almost a year. You need to start pushing on new starts and all that. I mean, SCU, they were the first AEW Tag Team Champions, which surprised me in a way because I thought they were, um, were going to be probably – you know, challenging for them through, from here to now. But they ended up winning those titles back in October. But having Sabian surprised me. They really shot me. So they up next for the um, uh, AEW Tag Team Champions coming up on, I think, next week. Then they hit an MJF interview, um, and the MJ interview, uh you know, kind of surprised me because MJS interview came out as, well, he's not going to be part of a battle royal. We'll determine who's going to be the number one contender for the TNT title uh, for next week. We're going to wrestle Cody for next week. Um, And pretty much MJF claimed that he's the best. He's the future world champion. He said, I don't need to come from another place to get an extra hand to get pushed. So with that being said, Warlord and MJF look like they have issues because MJF pretty much told him, "Oh, if both of them end up being the, at the at the end of the battle royal, he knows what to do." And Warlo looked at him like he was crazy. And MJF kind of like, "Oh, haha, I just trick you, whatever." And Warlo was pissed off. So the battle royal was the next uh, match, which had MJF, Billy Gunn, Sonny Kiss, Warlo, Brian Cutler, Peter Avalon, Colt Cabana, Lucha Marcus Marco Orange Cassidy, Luther, uh, C, uh, Christopher Daniels and Jungle Boy. Uh, when all this was going on, Orange Cassidy, when he's about to come in into the ring, uh powerful attacked him. Remember, he came Orange Cassidy just kind of like interrupted their interview. Um, so that pretty much um was something that um you know I was like, oh wow, they, they attacked him. So it's like he he got attacked. And now he was no longer part of the, the Battle royal until later on in the match. And um, and if, and uh, I'm going to tell you, the uh, the order of all the wrestlers who got eliminated, the first one who got eliminated was Luther. Then right after him came Sonny Kiss. Sonny Kiss uh, is one guy. I don't know what they're doing with him. I don't know if he's just uh, a person who just who, who's a jobber. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what's his business. Um, I don't know if they're going to push him. But number three was Cole Cabana. Number four, Brian Culler, along with Peter Avalon. These two started battling it out in the edge of the ring, which is kind of a little funny because those two have been going at it for the last couple of months talking about who's the biggest loser. Um, Then you had, right after that, uh, Christopher Daniels. Then Marcus Stunt. Luchasaurus uh, was number eight. But Luchasaurus and Warlord um, match was... um, uh, between him and Warlow, face off was great. So was him and Billy Gunn. Billy Gunn and Warlow, that was a g- good part of this whole battle royal. Um so then after that, Billy Gunn got um, thrown out. Then MJF, surprisingly, got thrown out by Orange Cassidy and um Orange Cassidy and Jungle Boy. And then after that, Orange Cassidy and Jungle Boy threw out uh, Warlow. Who was it? So they was left up on the Orange Cassidy and Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy ends up winning the, the battle royal of that match. So, um, but one point I want to make during this battle royal, when Cabana, Cole Cabana, got thrown out of the, uh, he got thrown out of the battle royal. Someone from Dark Order came and gave him a flyer. So, is he gonna be the next guy? He's gonna be. Um, Either feuding or he's going to join the Dark Order. We will see. I mean, Dark Order right after Brody Brody Lee losing his match on Saturday by submission to John Moxley. What is going to be the next move for Dark Order? He didn't come out this week, but we will see. We'll be right back after this. And we're back, guys. And now we're going to go to the wrestling news and rumors. Not much as it comes to wrestling news and rumors. I mean, you guys see that. Um, the only thing I could talk about is the stuff that's been going on online, but I'm going to get to something real quick here before I do that. Um, AJ Styles, as you guys know, he got, uh, taken to, from raw to SmackDown. And right now he's in the tournament, I think an in intercontinental tournament. Um, so he says he's happy to leave raw cause it helps him get over the fact that they lost Gallows and Anderson. Now I was hearing a podcast today. The guys from Turnbuckle Tabloid, they mentioned something about WWE making a list of wrestlers coming back. Um, and I agree with them With, uh, with uh, at a point where all those wrestlers that they let go and now WWE trying to bring them back, should go tell Vince to go fuck himself, to be honest, because he let them go at a time when it, the, pand- uh, the pandemic was at its peak and at its point, he didn't care about nothing. He worried about his little money, you know what I'm saying? And... I understand it's a business aspect, and you're trying to save your your wealth or whatever you have, to, but you let go of so many talent, and now all of a sudden you want to make a list. Let's put it this way. People are thinking about Gallows and Anderson coming back. They're not coming back. They're going back to Japan. They're going to go back to join Bullet Club, and they're going to make a run for, again for the those tag team belts. Even though they Destiny, I believe they have them. or oh, I think uh, – Ibushi and Tadahashi holds those tag team belts. I mean, it's been so long I haven't watched New Japan wrestling because of this pandemic thing. But the fact that they're going, um, uh, Zack Ryder, you, go, you expect him to be in AEW, he's the last guy left of uh, what WWE wants. I mean, know WWE, AEW wants, and they roster. So uh, the rest of the guy like Heath Slater, uh, Rusev, uh, Aiden English, um, and the rest of the guys, uh, Kurt Hawkins already, I heard that he's already, um, scheduled to appear in Alaska wrestling in September. Um, EC3, he's making a lot of promos. So him, he may, he may come back. Um, he may come back, but he's not coming back to WWE. He's not going back to them for what they never used him. They had him, you know, and WWE is making another list to hoard more wrestlers. Are you kidding me? I mean, the honor of Perrazzo Sign with Impact, and AEW fans are pissed off about that because she needs to sign with AEW. And my my take on that AEW does not need her right now. First of all, you need to get your division on point. You still have Sadie Gibbs; that woman has not. I haven't seen her on TV. I have not seen her on TV. B Priestley is still in Japan. Okay, uh Riho, We have not seen her. I mean, you got a bunch of women wrestlers, but you need the division to get on point. So why is wrestling fan getting mad because she went? She Went to Impact on, uh, and then to top it off, it's a, it's a contract, it's poor, poor appearance. It's not that Impact is got her, you know, whenever she wants to. And so, why she goes to Impact? Impact needs wrestlers, and, you know, all these small promotions needs wrestling. Everybody's bitching and moaning about it, which leads me to what I'm gonna talk about with the wrestling fans now today. Now, Hannah Kimura, who was a young 22-year-old, good wrestler, professional wrestler, who wrestled for stardom. As you well know, yes, she got bullied on internet, but now words are that because she was coming out at the show in Netflix called Tarrant House, those fans from that story or oh, that show were bullying her online. So cyberbullying was going on. So uh, she left the letter saying that she, she feels she's not wanted, and it's very horrible, 22 years old, and she killed herself. And, but then this, you know, I said, well, you know what? I hope people will learn from that and nothing happens. Well, 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 the clusterfuck that's been going on on Twitter uh, for the last couple of days is, like, I believe, Monday or Sunday. A podcaster, which I will not name his name for the namesake, just protects his identity, but most people know who I'm talking about. He decided to do a video a year ago and made a comment about Alexa Bliss, and someone down the line he mentioned he mentioned something about um, she was a lazy worker and if she's a lazy worker she's a lazy worker uh, a person a lady in bed, which set off a bunch of crazy stuff and that was a year ago. Somebody decided to do a fake page. And took that clip and sent it to Alexa Bliss, which I, I, it just started a shitstorm. And you had wrestlers like Mick Foley DMing this podcaster. You have Braun Strowman, which, first of all, Braun Strowman should be not talking because Braun Strowman, during the pandemic, was making himself look so good because these independent wrestlers didn't save their money and now they were like making it look like they were begging for money for for people to support them. So he was one of those who was um, talking crap to this podcaster. The Big Show got involved in that. So I it's crazy when I see this because it's like you're attacking a guy who did this video a year ago. Now, don't get me wrong. What he said was not cool. I mean, what he said about her was cool. But I did not know that this was going to go to this point. But the fact that you got some other wrestlers, WWE wrestlers, who their company promotes anti, anti-bullying campaign. And here they go doing the same thing. And then their fan base going into this podcasters DMs, this podcast to Instagram, this podcast is Facebook, and attacking him with death threats. Uh, I believe he even said that his parents were uh, send, getting texts. Uh, so cyberbullying. I mean, if you guys haven't learned from the death of this female wrestler, Hannah Kimura, death, that she killed himself, when are you guys going to learn? I mean, me personally, I, I try not to be getting into back and forth with any of these guys any of these, any fans you know we could agree to disagree but when you get to the point where now you want to curse me out because I don't agree with your opinion or agree with what you have now you're cursing at me and, and talking about you want to do it first of all you're behind a computer you're not gonna do nothing that's number one number two I'm not wasting my time with you I will block you automatically right away because It's not going nowhere. You know what I'm saying? And some of us podcasters have bad raps. You know what I'm saying? A lot of wrestlers don't like dealing with podcasters because they feel these podcasters go and they kind of shit on them, whatever. I've been doing this for, it's going to be a year on Sunday. And I haven't had any issues and I plan not to have any issues because I'm here just to bring facts. I'm here to bring news. I'm here to entertain you guys especially in this pandemic, with crazy stuff going on. Uh, but when you see stuff like bullying online and some some of these trolls, and I'm going to call you out trolls, they are in Twitter, because Twitter is like a cesspool of people who love attacking uh, podcaster or re- other wrestling fans, or we'll call it, let's put it this way, pro wrestling fans versus sports entertaining fans. And that's the war right there. Some sports entertaining fans, most of them are in the WWE realm, and they don't go outside that bubble. They just know WWE, and then you got professional wrestling fans who watch everything. You know what I'm saying? And you know, there's some fans I, I, I you know, I get into them with, with them because you know some of them are Impact fans, and but that's besides the point. That means I go I, I go out of my realm to look at everything to make sure that whenever you come at me with uh, with your opinion, I'm going to state the facts. You don't have to agree with the facts. You know what I'm saying? We're here to agree to disagree. But when it comes to a point where now family members are being threatened, harassed, um, you got the, the, the podcast's parents' phone number, when is it going to stop? Because the way I look at it, there are some wrestling fans that are just nuts. They, 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 they just like, they live in mom in the basement eating cupcake, okay, and don't care about nothing, and they just want to curse at people, they threaten people through the computers, and little do they know, listen, if somebody really wanted to get you for what you're doing online, they could get your IP address, and they could find out where exactly you're located, and you could get locked up for harassment. Then people don't think about that. You got to be careful what you do online. Same thing could be said about podcasting. See this podcaster, yes, he probably he apologized. Sub it up, he apologized to Alexa Bliss and to others. And he still, as of yesterday, he was still getting harassed. He had to close down his Instagram because that's how bad it was. You know? And now don't get me wrong, I'm not here to defend him. I'm not defending him. What he said was wrong. You know i I do remember hearing that that podcast a year ago, but I didn't know it was gonna come bite him in the ass for that. You know what I'm saying? And there's some people like, oh, I got your back. Whatever. Listen, I got your back if you're right. You know what I'm saying? If you, if you, if you have, I got your back. If you already apologized and they're still doing the same thing, but I won't back you up with what you said because it's gonna come back at me too because it's gonna be like, hey, he supported him. No, I'm not supporting. Him. I'm just saying the fact that you know it was. It's it's getting crazy. It's getting crazy, especially with these wrestling fans. It's not that serious. These are characters. These are make-believe characters, and yeah, some of these wrestling fans go crazy about it. I mean, this is like I said. That's one of the reasons sometimes I don't like going to WWE events, or I don't at WWE events because some of these wrestling fans are crazy. Same thing could be said in an independent show. Some of these wrestling fans just think they're wrestlers. They really think they walk around with belts around them, and they think they're actually wrestlers. And it's it's, it's crazy. I, I don't understand it. Like, you have to be careful what you say online and be careful with your words because it will come bite you in the ass. You know what I'm saying? So uh, that's what I had to say about, especially with the Hannah Kamuro thing. That was so sad when I heard that. And um, I think it was Monday that that happened or last, I think, Saturday. I don't remember what it was. But when I read that on Twitter and when it came from stardom, it's just sad. I, I mean, these... T- these days now it's just crazy how the wrestling the, the internet wrestling community has gone nuts. You can't say an opinion because people want to bite your head off, you know what I'm saying? So, but it is what it is, and hopefully, you know, we can learn from this and not uh, continue doing the same thing, guys. This is just wrestling, or just you know, these guys they're not paying you nothing, they're not paying your college tuition, they're not paying your rent, they're not you're just fans, and yeah, you pay the only thing you're paying is you paying their salary as far as going to the shows and and enjoying what they do, so it's crazy. I I don't understand it, but anyway, guys, this is it. This is the end of the show. Um, Sunday will be the one year anniversary of the Chokeslam Wrestling Report on deck. I have the um, interview I have with Dominic De Niro that will be coming on Sunday, which was a ten I think ten to twelve minutes. I'm not sure how long it was, but. It would be one of the shows that I would. um, I'm going to put that interview on. I'm also going to have um, wrestling news or rumors. Um, We'll see what happens Um, because from here to Sunday, there's a lot of stuff could go on. I have WWE notes from the Raw. That's going to be something I'll be doing now. Give you a not the whole damn review on it on WWE Raw, but give you my intake of. WWE stuff. Um, I saw some of it. Um, eh, it wasn't a bad show this week, but I think that there's little stuff there that they can change. Uh, I'm glad that Apollo Crew won the United States title. It's about damn time, but we'll see. Uh, till then, guys, I'll see you on Sunday for the one year anniversary of the Chokesland Wrestling Report. If you guys want to find out more information about me, you can find me at Apple, Spotify, uh, Pandora, iHeartRadio, uh, Google Play, Google Podcasts, any uh, podcast platform you like to listen to, we're everywhere. So um, hopefully I'm trying to see if I can get somebody else on the show on Sunday. If I don't, we're going to stick with what I said. I'm going to have uh, the Dominic the narrow interview, and I might try to get something else. Until then, guys, be safe, be sound. Uh, remember, social distancing for the meantime, wear that mask, and hopefully uh, we'll see each other on Sunday. Have a good day.